Before we get started in this episode, I just want to say that this was from probably two and a half weeks ago, and I've spoken with Jennifer Jepson since this recording, and not much has changed for her in Colorado. But I think it's good for everybody to know that this happened a couple weeks ago, but this felt like the right time to post it. You can hear Todd playing the piano in the background, so that's just an extra gift. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're taking care. Stay safe and sane out there and follow those rules. Love you. to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal. And I am here, not in the physical, with my friend Jennifer Jepson. I'm going to say it wrong. Lead pastor. <laughs> I was like, all I could hear was head. That's okay. <laughs> those, those titles are all weird anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> Lead pastor of Left Hand Church in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I am sitting on my bed in my PJs, which just so you know, Jennifer, this is the first episode I have recorded in my PJs. Oh, fascinating. Well, I just have a confession. You're not in your PJs? I'm not. And I've, I have every single day of this pandemic worn jeans. Oh, why? I don't know. <laughs> I feel... well, I've gotten dressed every day. I, I've, I have just felt this need to like act like I'm. Mm -hmm. I've got something together, but I have never known body odor like I've known sitting at my desk or in my bed, (laughs) sweating because I'm so stressed out all the time with all this technology. Yeah. (laughs) So you have pants on is what you're saying and a bra. I do. The bra is terrible, but I do. I am braless and (laughs) fancy free and my dogs are sitting next to me so hopefully they won't bark but they do sometimes and we just roll with it because that's that's how it goes yay well I think I'm in the right spot then good (laughs) so could you here's what I'd like because you know yourself better than I know (laughs) I'm trying (laughs) yeah I know it's a lifetime work yes uh tell me a little bit more about your role Mm-hmm. with the church maybe how that came to be but I also you know I want to talk about the church but I also mm-hmm. know that you are more than yeah the work that you do you know tell me a little bit about your family mm-hmm. you know just just tell us a little bit about yourself okay you know there's a lot of people listening that won't know who you are yeah well I like talking about myself so this should go fine <laughs> Um, I was raised as a a good Christian girl. My father's a minister. Grandparents were ministers. So I come from a long line um, in the Nazarene denomination, which is a small conservative denomination. My husband and I met while we were in high school, went to prom, but did not dance because I was that good. You got to leave room for the Holy Spirit. I know. We sat (laughs) and bopped our heads. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, And then we... 
I went off to a Christian college. We wound up getting married while we were still in college because we had to, you know. Because you wanted to have sex. Yes. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know. I've been there. (laughs) Thankfully, it was in San Diego and we uh, kind of could live a pretty fun life. Um, moved to Colorado to go to grad school, got into Colorado State, have my master's in nutrition. And, um, and I then started having babies. So I joke that I have a master's in nutrition and then I fed my kids McDonald's, which is not true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and stayed home with children. My oldest is 20. He's a uh, sophomore oh. year. I forgot that our two are the same age. I, Zion's 22. Oh, 20 as well. 20 as well, yes. Um, yeah, it's a fun time. Brooks is um, living full-time in Denver. We don't have him during this pandemic, which is a little bit weird, but probably for the mm-hmm. best. Um, I have another one who's 18, a graduating senior who is... Me too! Do you? Yes, Brennan is 18. She had to have her 18th birthday with her parents. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Claire, 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 thankfully, January is her birthday, so she eked this one Just out. Just missed it, yeah. <laughs> But I think she spent it with her parents anyways. <laughs> well, fun. Yeah, she's she's uh, fun that way. Um, and then I have, so you know, our kids are missing their graduations and their proms, yeah. and that's kind of, yeah, it's I'm so hard. trying not to think about that too much. Um, there's enough to grieve right now. I don't want to throw that yeah. on the pile just yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I have a 15 year old son who's living his best life in a dark room with lots of screens. So, oh, is he an introvert or is, is this hard for him or good for him? Uh, I would say he's an introvert and he he's a mountain biker. So he's actually getting out a lot on his bike because we can still do that right now yeah, in Colorado. So can we. Um, so he he does get his physical activity needs met, but he also spends the time with his friends. Um, oh, online, yeah, gaming and such. So, uh, what's his name? His name is Andrew. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're um, hanging out here in Colorado. When uh, my kids were, well, it was about four years ago or five years ago, five and a half years ago, I was really getting disgusted with what was happening at my local evangelical mega church and um michael brown's death in ferguson really woke me up to the fact that we weren't actually talking about anything important Mm -hmm. and my brother had come out as gay a few years before and i was processing that and really had come to a place of full affirmation and um, full inclusion and had no no qualms about it and i realized that i needed to start a church I did not know what that meant. Um, you know, I have it in my DNA, but I don't have it in my educational training. So I thought, oh, yeah. shit, I'm going to have to go get it some freaking degree. And I don't have the time or the yeah. money or the energy for that. So I then with a couple other people, um, we to make a long story short, we planted um, an inclusive affirming Um, non-denominational church here in Longmont which we're about 10 miles uh, northeast of Boulder and we are now two years in to that church plant and I this January was made the lead pastor so Hmm. yeah moving from stay-at-home mom and doing all the right things in a complementarian marriage where I served my husband well and when I didn't I fell apart 
into this now egalitarian space or hoping to be egalitarian space, not just in my marriage, but in the church, which is church is a tricky business because we're in a fully patriarchal model. So it's a navigation of how do you do that? And how do you as a woman like me do that? And there's not a lot of models out there that I have to go off of. So I feel a little bit like a pioneer a lot of it like a renegade and (laughs) all couched in I just all I want to do is take care of people and have that be recognized as enough yeah so you're a two you're a two on the internet no I so what are you when we met I thought I was a one with a two wing and come Mm -hmm. to find out that is actually not true I believe now I am a nine with an eight wing oh yeah I'm finding that I'm finding that uh, ability to hold a lot of things in tension while also having a lot of fire (laughs) to fight for what I know is true. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I mean, for those that don't know the Enneagram, a lot of times, at least as I understand it, it's hard for nines to find their type often because they can see themselves in so many different types because they have that ability to empathize Mm -hmm. with so many different ways of being that's why you can hold that kind of space yeah and so it's easy for them to see themselves as another I don't know about maybe the the when I was in class when I was studying the Enneagram I did no nines ended up seeing themselves as like eights right or (laughs) but yeah twos fours Mm mm-hmm sixes yep. you know stuff like that yeah what the are you more, again? I'm a two with a one. Oh, okay wing. okay yeah I think my one I'm I think my one wing got really overused with my good Christian girlness mm. and so I I have read Rohr's book on the Enneagram Richard Rohr's book and he was talking about or maybe it was one of his something he wrote recently and he said I'm actually actively trying to move away from that particular wing so for him he was he's not Mm. a nine but anyway and so I was like oh we can choose and I'm realizing that as I move more into asserting myself Mm -hmm. um, and fighting for the things I believe in that I'm actually more inclined towards an eight but mm. but the one is you know that perfectionism is such a problem for us. Oh my god, us women. <laughs> when I I was driving down the road and this is years ago and I was like, um, you know, telling all the other cars what to do. I was by myself and I'm like, that you're not allowed to do that. Stop doing that. And then I then I turned the corner at this light and I was like oh my god I have a one way (laughs) the whole time I thought you know I was kind of evenly dispersed between a three and a one (laughs) and I've come to find out and I think it's very true what you say for the most part the reason is you know my entire life growing up I had to perform like a three Oh, yeah. I had to be, you know, because I was in whatever leadership roles that they would give women, Mm -hmm. I had to excel at those roles. And excelling meant looking like, you know, I wouldn't say threes are the life of the party, but like being more a party planner kind of person than I actually am and I'm comfortable with. And then 
when I pastored the bridge for, you know, nine years, I really had to use that all the time. Oh, that's exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. So I think for the last five years, I've kind of been like, every time I think maybe I'll do a party, I'm like, nope, Mm -hmm. don't want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. When you, when you're pegged as the person who gets shit done and everybody looks to you as the person who gets shit done and you live, have to live into that. And then you're like, that sucks. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. 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 So you have been co-pastoring this? Yeah. So we kind of tried out an interesting model that our, one of our sister churches did, which was an egal, that's not the word I'm looking for, a co-pastor model where everybody has equal power. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is when you're coming in it from my angle, which is I've been a stay at home mom and I don't know who I am. And uh, I very much very easily slipped into the I'm just going to ride the coattails of these other two people who yeah. know what they're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, it really wasn't equal. Well, it wasn't yeah. equal. Um, so then we shifted to let's make this more of a a lead pastor with two others as associate pastors. So I have the lion's share of the hours and the work, but I have two people to work collaboratively with, which is my, that's my jam. Yeah. I need people to, um, to be there for me and I want to be there for them while also having the authority to go ahead and do the things that I believe that I'm called to do. Yeah. So it feels right now like a really good way to be doing church. I, I, and I think all leadership should be collaborative. Um, I think yes. it keeps power in check. Yeah. Um, while I don't think I could ever be a power monger, <laughs> um, it's still an important thing for all of us to use our gifting um, in a way that is, that is good for the body and for our own selves. Yeah. So I, I'm enjoying it. I enjoy the people that I work with and um, we have a good time together. Certainly working, pastoring in a pandemic has thrown a bit of a wrench into all of our expectations, but just doing our best to take it one day at a time and seek the life, seek what is needed for the life of our church. Yeah. Um, Well, and um, that, that brings me just so nicely (laughs) into one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is how has this changed? So just a little background. So we haven't been, Todd and I did the music as well as I co-pastored and um, tri-pastored for a while, um, the bridge. So for for the last five, almost six years, we haven't done any of that. So we went from doing music every single week, sometimes two or three times a week, traveling, doing music to no music together. And, um, you know, writing all the songs and all that. And then in October, I don't know if you're familiar with MCC. Yeah. Um, The MCC Portland has been around like, I think I'm not going to get the dates right. It's like, I think over 30 years, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe high 20s. Mm -hmm. 
And they went through a bunch of shifting and changing and they asked Todd if he would do the music. So he's been doing the music for them. I've been joining him sometimes when I can, but you know, I do archery typically on the weekends. Not right now. (laughs) Oh, that's sad. (laughs) Yeah. But he, uh, so we've been watching how that's affected their community because they have lots of older folks you know, mm-hmm. that are, that might, and I'm making an assumption, but it seems like a lot of them, you know, that might be the one place that they're really getting out yeah. is on a Sunday, you know, it's multi-generational, but it is a lot of older people. So they, you know, one, were really hesitant to stop meeting. Mm-hmm. They weren't resistant to it, but be- they didn't do it before the order was called. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just because that might be the one place where their community gets interaction with other people and physical touch and care and just watching that shift and change has been interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, so they try to zoom, but everybody and their brother was on zoom at the same time. (laughs) So it wasn't working for the Sunday for the live thing. And then, so now Todd, they're doing it ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And then Todd's putting it together and then they do a watch party on Facebook. Yeah, that's cool. So then Nathan, the pastor can like answer questions, connect with people and everybody can connect with each other. But so what did you guys, I'm interested in how you all came to the decision with whatever decision you've made, what that looks like in your community, who makes up your community Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, so we have always been a community-based church um, in the sense that we started out of community dinners. So Mm. even before the church was really full, the idea of the church was formed, it was still kind of in gestation. Right after the election, I, in February, was like, I've got to start gathering people. We have got to start having community because everybody's just pissed off and hurt and we don't know which end is up. So I sent out a Facebook invitation to whoever wanted to join me. And we opened up our 1965 brick ranch to 50 people who came and we had a potluck and it was just, let's come together. Let's eat. Let's talk. I'd have no programming. I don't need to say anything. Let's just get together. So that started. So we're in about now 34 dinners and in the winters, we meet in my house, and we've had upwards of 60 people in my house, which is a lot of bodies. And then in the backyard, we've had <laughs> upwards of 80 people. Yeah. Wow. And so our church has really, that's become the um, sort of the cornerstone of our body. So our body has been formed from community. Um, preaching is important in our Saturday night. We worship on Saturday nights because um, we're using a local Presbyterian church that has been so gracious to us. Um, So -hmm. we have our Saturday night worship service, but once a month we do our community dinners. And so this has been a real hit because we are, we have lots of people who, like you said, that physical touch and so many of our people, I would say the majority of our queer folk have been out ousted from church 
So they mm, finally yeah. find a place that's like, can I trust you? Can I trust you? I'm going to keep mm. putting one foot in front of the other, but can I trust you? And so we're slowly building that trust. And it's scary. So we have been navigating the Saturday night worship service on Facebook Live. So we are meeting, we were meeting in homes and we couldn't keep the six foot physical distance space. So we've had four gatherings and two of which are in a, in a church space and it's fine. You know, it isn't, it, it's this last week, our worship pastor, Heather Lynn, she's wonderful. She and I just sat there in front of the camera and we just kind of cried because we just miss everybody so much. And mm-hmm. I'm going to get a little Christian-y here, but um, the Holy Spirit isn't just relegated to one building. And so this has been a beautiful opportunity to see the the filling and the meeting of people despite our separate our physical separation so that facebook live offers a really beautiful venue i'm actually quite surprised because i was pretty anti-facebook before all of this Mm -hmm. like how do i get off um yeah but now i'm like you know we're just going to take what we can get and this has been for now the best thing that's worked and it People are just throwing comments. There's, there's, you know, all kinds of chatting going on and mm-hmm. it's really been beautiful for what it is. It's not ideal, but yeah. it is for what it is. Um, it has to be okay. So we're doing the best we can. We're hoping to continue meeting in person to record a, a live stream, but at any given moment that can be yanked. And if one of us gets sick, we of course can't meet. So we're holding all of that and hoping for the best and just taking it one week at a time at this point, which I, I, none of us like to operate, but we just have to be nimble. And thankfully we're a small enough body that we can be, which is a real gift. And when Mm -hmm. you're a community based church, well, people are finding ways to get together on zoom. Um, So we've got weekly midweek gatherings. So, and I started, or I dreamed it up, during my 2.30 a.m., I can't sleep. We talked about this before we started recording. Corona yeah, pause. Yeah, corona pause. Um, and I was like, oh, we need to gather in geographic groups. So I outlined the whole church, all the people that I that I could remember at 2.30 in the morning. And so we set up a program called Branches. So we have branch leaders who are responsible for people in their geographic location and so if there is a physical need that can be met, like a roll mm. of toilet paper or yeah, um, a friend of mine got chocolate dropped off on her porch from her branch leader today, um, mm. just little things like that, just texts, check-ins, or like I was thinking, we have a little, a few too many eggs from our chickens right now. Does anybody need eggs? Um, yeah. You know, just little things, you know, we can't be together but we can do little things and we can also learn how to receive in this time too because so much so many of us are like I want to give but I don't ever want to receive and you can't give without a receiver so (laughs) and I think that so many people that always on there are always on the receiving end need the opportunity to also be able to give if they want to and if they have the opportunity 
So we've got about five different geographic groups and um, yeah, so I'm hoping it's working. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully it's working great for people as, as needed. Right. You don't want to force people to give and take if they don't want to. So, (laughs) but it's in place. Yeah. That's yeah. I like that because we have something, it's just our, our block of our street Um, a couple years ago, because our neighborhood has gentrified Mm. and yes, I realize I'm white and part of the Mm -hmm. problem, but we've lived here uh, 21 Mm. years. And so in the last, I would say five to eight years, it's drastically Mm. changed. I mean, it's now, you know, Mississippi street is like one of the hottest streets in Portland, just all this stuff. And so I was like, I don't fucking give a shit about my neighbors. (laughs) I cared about my neighbors who actually looked out for me and then got displaced. That's the neighbors that I was interested in. And then Todd kind of warned, wore me down. (laughs) They have a way of doing that. Damn them. (laughs) Yeah. And he was like, you know, let's get to know each other. And then we had, uh progress a couple years ago we did a progressive meal Mm -hmm. and it was mainly just our block of our street but then it kind of bled into other blocks a little bit but from that we live on borthwick street and from that um we have a phone chat group that people don't use it very often but it's called the borthwick oh i love it And, you know, it's like, hey, my cat went missing or somebody stole a package off my front porch. Has anybody seen it? Or I'm getting a package delivered. Would would you mind looking out for it? Stuff like that. And then, but I've kind of used it in this time Mm -hmm. in a similar way that your, you know, what your branches is working is I missed the library closing Mm -hmm. and I am a a book nerd I have to be reading something all the time but I like a physical book and so I just was like okay I'm gonna go through my bookshelf I'm gonna wipe everything down with bleach wipes Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put it in a box and just say I'm creating a lending library if you yeah if you take one you know make sure you bleach it too even though you know it's mainly been outside I bring it in every night but it's in the sun all day and then just let me know that you took it because I, 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 I also like to I, I want books. it back. I promise. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and then like I had been, we do this, we did this thing all the time at the bridge, which was a naked lady party where <laughs> everybody'd get together and bring the clothes. It's clothing exchange. Perfect. Um, and so I've been saving clothes to do another one. But I was like, I don't have any room. I months. I'm never going to do this naked lady party now. Just, just be honest. So then I washed all the clothes, and they're just hanging between a tree in my front yard. <laughs> and there's a sign that basically, and th- and that happens a lot on our street. Like people, people don't go to Goodwill. They they go, they put it out in their front yard so people can take it Is for free. This kind of a Portland thing because it. I love it. Well, it's funny that you say that because when I lived in Amsterdam, um, you know, people, lots of people live in apartments. And so when somebody would redo their apartment because they were living in their apartment their whole oh, life. Right. 
they would just put their furniture mm-hmm. for free out on the sidewalk and also there wasn't any thrift stores that's not a that's that might have changed but that wasn't right. a thing so people would just put it free so <laughs> i furnished my whole apartment pretty much found furniture in our apartment complex and so i it might be a portland thing it's definitely a neighborhood yeah. thing it's been like that ever since i moved huh, here that's so cool so I like that because it's a similar like do what you can where you're exactly like we have this I don't know where we get these grandiose notions that we have to do big shit and I'm like everything that matters in the world that really counts it's all grassroots yep yeah and sustainable like that's the thing is we went to Costco before this all went down and Brennan was like you know this is before we knew what was going to happen Maybe we should get a couple. This is my daughter. Maybe we should get a couple staples just in case. <laughs> the toilet paper was already sold out. So that should have been our first clue that something was wrong. So I was like, okay, we can get a 25 pound bag of rice. Mm-hmm. And then, like a week later, we were on, yeah. you know, stay at home. And uh, then I was like, I have a 25 pound bag of rice. Does, <laughs> does anybody need rice? <laughs> Yes, that, yeah, because 25 pounds of rice is a lot. <laughs> yes, yes. And my friend got a 25 pa- pound bag of flour from another group of friends. Perfect. And she baked, she bakes a ton, but flour is really hard to find here oh, too. Oh, sure. Because everybody's yeah. baking now. And so she was like, if you need some, bring a container. And so we did the whole thing. Like I left the container at her front door, knocked. She came out. you know wiped it down again filled it with flour put it outside and then I stood in her lawn and we talked you know I feel like you know how quickly we had adopted the physical distancing practices like within days and then it was a new normal like you're watching tv and it's like oh my gosh they're standing so close together yeah so I also am hoping that just as quickly as we learned that, I hope we just as quickly learned the importance of community. Yeah, yeah. And also, when it passes, like, I don't want the things that we've Precisely. learned to become the normal necessarily. Like, I don't want Zoom to become the normal. Oh, no. I don't think anybody's feeling that or, right now. <laughs> yeah, or not touching each other. Like, I was in a call with... um because I do Airbnb experiences Mm. for the archery. And I was on a call with a bunch of people from not a bunch of people, but some different people from all over the world. And, you know, one of the questions was, how do you see this changing in the future? And it's mainly talking about tourism, but you know, what do you, what do you see? And the, the guy is in, um, Oh, where is it? It's not Spain. It's the one with the giant Jesus statue. Brazil? No, the other oh. Jesus statue. Oh. Anyway, I can't remember. I feel so stupid, but whatever. Um, we'll remember it at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Corona pause. But he was saying the thing that I think is going to change is we are a very touchy culture. Uh-huh. Men kiss each other when they greet and they hold hands. And 
he said, I think that that is going to change. And my feeling around that, because of all the places that I've lived and just the beauty that I see in our difference, mm-hmm. I don't want that to change. Right. I don't either. I don't, you know, I want to see, you know, I want to kiss you but on the maybe cheek. what will change is we'll ask. And I think that needed yeah. to happen. <laughs> like consenting so hugs. <laughs> You know, yes. Oh, I was realizing that as a pastor, like it is our default setting at our church to hug. And so while I'm not a particularly huggy person um, in the church setting, I am. And so, yeah, I was it wakes me up again, 230 in the morning when I think about the people who try to resist and I and then it turns into an awkward experience. And I'm like, there are people who visibly do not want to be hugged and I need to honor that as a pastor and so or just as another human course right yeah so exactly (laughs) so with that being said maybe it'll just be an a time of intentionality that we get to move into yeah I think that's I think you're right that's a really good way to look at it because I mean all the teachers that my children have had that have been good teachers, you know, the affectionate Mm -hmm. teachers have said when the kids are leaving handshake, high five, or exactly. They ask the kids permission. I prefer to be asked. I don't like to be hugged by strangers. Um, And I think a lot of people, I, I, the reason for that, I think within that, and we know this as women is uh, people have taken advantage mm-hmm. of that by giving, you know, we all have had experiences mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. men who have given hugs without asking and way mm-hmm. too long. Oh, yeah. Right. So, so maybe that's, maybe that's the hope we get to hold. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, hope. I, do I like that. I, I'm glad I thought of it just now. <laughs> yeah. Ding. Points. Yay. I always want points. <laughs> um, So kind of coming back to your community and by community. So I'm going to, I'm going to say this. I know what you mean by this, but when you say body, Mm -hmm. I think that's a Christian term that not everybody would know. And by body, I'm guessing you mean the church community. That's exactly right. Um, So by church community or by community, I'm the question that I'm asking isn't just, your church community, but I'm guessing your church community has a ripple effect and has connection outside of its own yeah. four walls or. Yeah, we're pretty, so my, we're still pretty, we're still pretty young. So we're trying to for, yeah. forge the community within the walls, but that bleeds yeah. out and the goal, and we do have things in place, but you know, when there's love, love, bleeds <laughs> yeah and so my question would be um you know you talked about the branches which I, I love that idea I I'd love to hear from you and maybe you this you know you're too all of us I don't mean you as Jennifer but maybe it's too early in this new way of being yeah. which is also constantly changing because we're not allowed to meet we couldn't I couldn't come to you 
and record, yeah. uh, you know, your right. service. We have to do everything um, in our mm-hmm. houses. We can still go out and walk our dogs, and but all of our trails are mm-hmm. closed. We can go on them, but there's signs on every trail basically saying you're going on this trail at your own mm-hmm. risk. Um, so I guess what I'm asking is what, how, how do you see this affecting people within your community emotionally, vulnerability, um, and also, you know, outward, you're a mother, you have children, you're holding emotional space, whether they recognize you're holding that emotional space or not, (laughs) we are. Even if they're even if they're, they're in dark rooms hating us for doing it. <laughs> yes. I've gotten more stink eyes in the last three weeks probably than a yes. lifetime. <laughs> like I don't just mean like and I, I don't even I I'm hesitant to use the word negative, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know of another word, but there's pain involved. Yeah with the new ways that we're having to be. And I just don't, I don't just mean social distancing, but also I think there, there are positive things in there, like you, like the branches, but I'm curious as somebody that holds Mm -hmm. not alone, but you're holding the emotional weight of your church. And I want to take that out a little bit more because that's how this is the role that I see a pastor Mm -hmm. fulfilling you are the shit taker which means if some shit goes down with somebody in your community like domestic violence or suicide attempt or you know needing crisis intervention or somebody dies like there is one person that's saying or you know a community of pastors saying okay we're going to take this or we're going to tag team Mm -hmm. it I'll take this one. You take this one. Cause usually things happen. Yeah. Multiple things happen at once. Yeah. And then also you're just saying, I'm willing to do this and I'm willing to stand in the middle, but whether people, I'm, I don't think I'm doing a good job, but what I see is a pastor is holding a minister, a rabbi, they're holding and Iman, they're holding the emotional yeah. weight of their community before God, before whatever, you know. Yeah, I was whoever the whoever they're following, they're holding their community before that. So it there is an emotional toll that it takes. Yes, on you. and we're in the early we're I think a little bit behind you in all of this. So um while we might have been sheltering in place for about the same amount of time, I think your cases came up a lot before ours, maybe by one oh, or two okay. weeks. So what you're explaining to me is what I am starting to feel today. The, mm. th- and I've been preparing for it. So I've, I've known it's coming. I'm, I don't have my head in the sand. I have, I have a brother who lives yeah. in Spain. I'm listening. I'm watching Italy, Spain, New York City, Seattle, Mm -hmm. um, break, somewhat bracing, but trying to be fluid because you don't want to be rigid. You can't be rigid. Yeah. Um, 
so I am feeling what you're describing. I started feeling it yesterday. <laughs> so, mm. um, yeah. so I'm a little bit reluctant to answer because I don't know. Yeah. I, I yeah. last week had a bit, bit of a quieter week. And I said, Jen, this is when you need to rest. This is when you need to learn. This is when you need to feel because the shit's hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. And Colorado is expected to peak next week. So I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't either. What, it, what does that even mean? Like, um, yeah. So we don't even have an accurate understanding of how many cases we have. We don't know the proliferation yeah. because testing is so minimal. So while it yeah. would be really helpful to have some data just to know what we're up against. Yeah. Um, we don't have that data. So I'm just going with my gut and my gut is saying, get ready. So I don't honestly know. And I think like, I think you, your emotional peppering um, Facebook uh, group, you said last week, we need to feel the feels and I'm feeling the feels and helping other people feel the feels Mm-hmm. because this is the long work of grief yeah and the yeah. long work of grief the long healing work of lament mm-hmm. that's where we start from and just I mean I knew this before this like when in my yeah. anti-racism work my personal work it starts from the place of lament of shit, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I am fully and 100% complicit. Yeah. And there is nothing I can and nothing I should do in this moment other than sit and feel the weight of it. And that is what I believe I am doing right now personally. It's what I believe I am helping people in my community do. And holy shit, it's Holy Mm. Week (laughs) on top of all of it. So yeah (gasps) this is what we do we have to feel the weight of it and know that while we don't have to be rigid in it we can be robust in it Mm. yeah i i like that i like because when i when you say the word robust what i what i hear and maybe this isn't what you mean and this is again going back to what you said about collaborate collaborative or collaboration Mm -hmm. this is the beauty of collaboration when i hear you say robust i think we tag team i'm you know i'm feeling it right now i'm i'm in grief can you take this and then i can say to you you may not know what you need right now but i want you to know that i'm here and if you know what you need and I can help and I can maybe meet that yep. need, reach out yep. or, you know, I'll check in with you or whatever. But the ro- when I hear robust, I don't hear you have to have all your shit together nope. in order to weather this nope. thing that nobody knows how nope. to weather. But you have to try to listen to your inner voice tell you it's time to it's time to tap out precisely i have um a wonderful analogy since you're a musician you will probably know this this is what i realized after the election is the concept of staggered breathing 
So Mm -hmm. I was in choir, I was in band growing up, and I played the flute and I sang. And when you're in a collective, when you're in a collective performing a piece, you can't have everybody breathing at the same time. Otherwise, you'll have these unwanted (laughs) gaps in. Yeah, right. So I would, I would work with my neighbors, and we would mark our music where we were going to breathe. Hmm. And your choir was obviously better than that. <laughs> well, this was my band. My, my band was really okay. good, actually. Um, and so we would mark where we were going to breathe so that there wasn't a big collective break. Mm, and yes. I realized this after the election when everybody's like, all fired up. We've got to make change. Yeah. And then we started to like peter yeah. out because we were tired and we had lives to live and yeah. we needed to afford our astronomical mortgages. Um, yeah. So I realized that's what exactly what you're saying. We have to recognize when it's time to take a break for ourselves. So and we can we could even organize it with people. And this is the yeah. collaborative model, right? I have to take a yes. break. And I need for you to cover for me. I'm not quite sure how long it's going to take. Usually, I know myself pretty well by this point. It won't take more than a day probably because physically I'm well. Yeah. I'm not sick, physically sick. If you're yeah. physically sick, that's a different story. And that's when you really have to be intentional about saying, I am out. Yep, exactly. And I can't do anything or I can do this much. And so it's really, especially for us, former who grew up Christian Christian women and probably just women in general who are raised to be human human givers and that's Mm -hmm. really I love that because we don't feel entitled to those breaks and we don't know ourselves oftentimes well enough to know when we even need a break or we have to if we do depending on the family or the environment that you're working in you have to fight for that break. And sometimes the fight it's not is not, it. doesn't feel right. worth it. And so it's yeah. inner, you're giving out energy just in the fight. To exactly. So it's really surrounding yourself with the people who will honor you and who hear yeah. you, who respect you. And you can in turn hear them and respect them. And mm. I think that is a lot of the work, personal work I've had to do over the last few years, especially moving from stay at home mom to now having a congregation that I love and living that balance. And so my partner and I, we've had to really navigate that and then navigating that within my boat, oh. within the, the fellowship, the church fellowship and yeah. within the larger community with my friends. God, I love that. So, yeah, I think that staggered breathing helps because it it gives us an excuse and it gives and breathing. You have to breathe. Right. You can't in a when you're performing a piece, if you don't breathe, you're passing out. So I I, I think maybe you were even saying this, but I want to reiterate it. You know, I don't know if it was like this for you when you first got married, but I had this belief that Todd should be able to know what I needed. Kind of read that whole read my mind. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You know. And then you learn that the person doesn't know how to do that. And all the romantic bullshit that you've been fed is just that flaming pile of bullshit. So, you know, one point, yeah, at one point he was like, (laughs) I need you to write down what you need, you know, or what you, what, 
would be meaningful mm. to you and it felt so awkward and weird and you know I don't like store-bought flowers I never have I mean I'll take them I like flowers so I'm not gonna not, <laughs> not take them but you know I'd much rather have yeah them, I know yeah you know buy me a plant or pick flowers or write me a note or whatever anyway but it mm-hmm. feels awkward and kind of like you're trying to force yourself into something that that you've been told you you don't you don't need to do like we've been given all these movies all it's you know yeah. it's also the same with consent and what we tell women well yeah. if he's mean to you if he treats you like shit that must mean he likes you you know all these things that we've been given and then we're like wait Gosh. a second yeah we know that that's not right but fitting into this other thing feels weird too and when i think about the staggered breathing and you writing it in your in your notebook in your music book i'm going to breathe here it feels mm-hmm. so constrained mm-hmm. but i also think yeah you have to start somewhere well the beauty of being an enneagram 9 is if you don't have those things in place in your daily, yeah. everyday life, yeah, you will I not mean, make yes. it well. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, because you, my mind is constantly weighing and measuring and mm-hmm. navigating and negotiating. I have to have those pillars. Yeah. And if you, what I thought already. too is you have to put them there just like the romantic list. He doesn't use that anymore. He doesn't need it. He knows mm-hmm. me. He's not reading my mind. No. You know, yeah. and we don't always get it right with each other. But if you have the pillars in place, like you said, if you have the notation, at least you have permission. You can give yourself permission in that moment to take a breath. But it also, like you're, like I think I yeah. hear you saying, is it, then you can go, actually, I need I need another breath. Right. Yeah. Or I need more than I can see yeah. that maybe mm-hmm. you and need that's... to take why don't you take more than two breaths? Right. Because when you can have generosity given to you or you can ask yeah. for that generosity, Absolutely. you can then see I where love... you can Ooh, offer you it to are, other that people. That was a good analogy. Mm-hmm. You read a blog about that. <laughs> It's funny Are the things that come up processor? when I'm just talking. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> but I do a, I do a lot of writing and that's one of my ben- that's one of my pillars is every morning I get up and I have a couple books that I read. I have a couple devotionals, a Celtic devotional mm. as well as currently I have a Lenten devotional and they then I also have scripture that are associated mm. with both of those so that grounds me um i've worked Good. out my issues with I the bible for the most part <laughs> so i had this yeah, yeah i had to throw it across the room for a while but i've been able to bring it back um and then i i will also in that mm. time maybe read some poetry and then i i write um and i have just those cheap spiral bound notebooks yeah, that you get the when best, the kids though. are going back to school for 19 cents a piece mm-hmm. oh yeah so i just write a minimum of 3 pages and i and you know most days i i do 3 some days i do 1 but most days i do 3 and i i rarely go 
I might go to four. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, but usually I'm just trying to yeah. squeak all the stuff out, right? Just uh, just ring it out. And then I'll do a centering prayer for, I try to do 20 minutes, yeah. but some days it's five, some days it's 30. Who knows? <laughs> it depends on the day. But um, that's really where I get, that's really where I get grounded. And you and I, we have the, yeah. what is it called? The <laughs> Corona pause going on. So there's a, there's a lot of swirliness yeah. that happens in the middle of the night. And so I have to yeah. bring a lot of that to that time. And then every day without fail, most days Ooh, without fail, nice. I take a nap. Yeah. And that yeah. is, well, that's essential too. Especially if you're not sleeping at night and you're swirling and you're holding responsibility. It's... <laughs> Even when I sleep great, I have oh, to take a nap. Well, it good. just doesn't seem to matter. <laughs> I've been trying to figure out how I could take a nap. Uh, in this time I have a really hard time <laughs> like doing that so I've been reading a lot and then if I fall asleep I fall asleep Good. but I wanted to I mean Perfect. one of Perfect. my questions and I think you just answered it but I want to make sure is I always like to ask every guest like is there I I think that self-care and spiritual practice can be one in the same it depends on the person but I've talked to people that right you know have certain things that they would consider self-care practices that sound very spiritual practice to me mm-hmm. but then they also have something that is a spiritual practice mm-hmm. so they can be one in the same mm-hmm. they don't necessarily have to be yeah. you know I don't like this word but religious in nature but it sounds to me like your mm-hmm. morning routine is is a self-care mm-hmm. spiritual practice. But do you have anything else mm-hmm. that you do or that you like to add? And it could be multiple mm-hmm. things. Um, I exercise most days of the week. So when before all of this, I I used to be a long distance runner and triathlete um, and then moving into this new role, I decided it wasn't for me anymore. So, but I still have that need to move. So I will go to the gym. You can still go to the gym and lift. Oh, I was like, what? No, no, no. Before all this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, before all this, I would go to the gym and I had my yeah. own little church community at the gym. So we, we had our own little time of <laughs> not yeah. religious fellowship, but it felt like it, it was that much of a soul thing but during this time right now I'm walking mostly walking and um and I have a, a podcast that I listen to that takes my mind off oh, of yeah, things it's called my podcast. favorite murder <laughs> I do too I just started so um it totally feeds my yeah. um macabre yeah. side of myself <laughs> And um, sometimes I'll listen to On Being if I'm feeling like I need a little bit more I've got uh, a good one spirituality. Um, oh my gosh, I love it so much. Uh, I'm recent to it. I think it's, they have three seasons. It's called Homo Sapiens. And it's two oh. uh, gay guys. And they're British. And they interview... Oh, so far, oh. mainly, I'm I'm in the second season, but they interview like 
you know, trans, queer, all over, you know, famous people to like the one I just listened to, they interviewed a gay teacher who has been instrumental in um, teaching about not just um, making it safe for um, LGBTQ plus kids, but that nobody, there's no outsiders. So Muslim kids and, you know, Hindu kids, he's, oh, and it's, it's so amazing. I, I laugh out loud in that podcast and I cry (laughs) because they're super vulnerable. Those are the best ones. And um, yeah, so I've been, I, cause I don't, I got enough, like I read enough. um, Mm -hmm. My, my, my morning practice is really similar to you. I usually, but I don't, it's not typically religion. Well, whatever. It's not typically Christian books. I'll read like a a book on mind yeah. body connection, like therapeutic practices that mm-hmm. help with trauma. And you know, I might I might read two different books or you know stuff on. I really love Pema Chandran, the Buddhist. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess she's a priest. I don't know, but just different practices that center us that, and then, um, well, I have yeah. my morning coffee. Yeah. And yeah, I just ran out today. Essential. I've had one tiny cup. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to have Ooh. to put on my mask and walk to the grocery store. And then Ooh, Todd yeah, and I, I'm, to. I'm a runner too. I, do, I mean, I'm not a long distance runner, but running is something that's always kind of helped me get all that excess energy out mm-hmm. so Good. I typically walk yeah. around but it's funny in this um Todd and I've been working out together which we never do I work out alone he no, oh, never works out so he's uh-huh. been working out with me which has been nice I don't usually like to share Good. that time but yeah yeah I know that's kind of introvert dogs time. on a walk every day so I still get my introverted time but it's funny, I have, Good. like, as a runner, you would know this, like, I feel like my natural inclination would be to be running right now. But I get outside. And I know, I, it's not. I'll maybe run a block, and then I'm like, no, I'm just not feeling it. I just want to walk. Nope. Be in nature. Nope. Right. I want my dogs to not be such yep. turds. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same. Like I have the opportunity to lift or to run if I want to, and I don't have the desire. And I think everything right now is us honing Mm, in what our bodies are telling us. Our body, my body is like, do not run. You are not to run. And I'm like, okay, I'm walking. I'm looking at, oh, it feels wonderful. I'm Yesterday, I didn't even turn on the podcast. I was like, I have to walk and look at the mm. birds and listen to the sounds. And so every every time I go out, it's a different experience because I don't know what I my body's going to tell me to do. Been, because that's really similar mm-hmm. to the you know listening to those feelings because it's your inner voice mm-hmm. saying, you know, this is I know what's good for you. And especially as women, yep. like what, what you've been talking about is like reconnecting 
to listening to that voice that it has been shut down over the course of our lives to trust ourselves that our inner wisdom knows what's best for us. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It does. And without yep. fail, without fail. And we have, I, I grieve the years that I went without yeah. listening to what I know. And now is the time to reclaim that. And yep. I'm reclaiming it in space. Well, yeah, you can only do, do so much at a time. So. <laughs> but I am truly honoring it. And it's it can be confusing. But when mm-hmm. you settle into those pillars, when you have those pillars in place, and the more you do it, the oh, quicker absolutely. you get to that place like, of knowing. Todd will ask me, um, you know, oh, do you want me to go with you? And and. In the beginning of the virus, I, I felt like I wanted to have him go on more walks with me. But now I'm like, no, it's my time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need to be alone right now. Plus, I'm with people all the time. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, I'm the same. And it's funny because I'm kind of angry because there's we live near a bike path. And so now everybody's out and then they, they're all lonely so they want to talk and i'm like i don't want to talk i need Plus, to be alone put a mask right on. <laughs> oh i know True. What I, I, here's yeah, what i've been doing i've been uh-huh. my friend made us masks which i was really thankful because then i could send zion one because he's still working in la at a grocery store but oh right i put the mask around my neck oh, gosh and then every time i you know, because I don't trust that people are going to cross the street or cross, you know, get over right to the far side of the path. I will do it. Yeah. And I'll put my mask on because now Me they're too. saying, you know, yeah. first they were saying masks don't help. Now they've changed their mind and said, so I just put it on. And mm-hmm. then when the person goes by, I take it off because it's so hard to breathe with it on. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, it I is. Know. It totally and if you have glasses on, then you can't see anything either. <laughs> oh my gosh. My daughter at first was like, this doesn't go with my outfit. And I'm like, Oh, I tried yeah. to make one of those homemade masks with the hair ties and yeah. the, the bandana. And I'm like, somebody did not give me rigid <laughs> enough ears. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my daughter was like, I don't look good. I look ridiculous. And I'm like, yeah, we all do. We, I mean, we all look ridiculous. <laughs> we all look, and frankly, you know, we do rely yes. a little bit on our faces. And I'm like, my smile, yeah, I like, keep telling it's people, gone. Not everybody, because that would be weird. But when I walk by somebody, um, you know, I'll go, I am smiling at you. <laughs> you just can't see it. <laughs> well, I... I don't know about you, but my smile lines yeah. around my eyes are pretty well redded by now. So I think yes. that I'm pretty yes. expressive. <laughs> I do want to, I want to honor your time and just say, I'm so, so grateful that you took the time and you dropped so many good nuggets. Thanks. Before we say Thanks. goodbye, do you have anything that you want to plug? Oh, I have a couple things. Um, I do want to say one of the things that's giving me life right now is Glennon Doyle's new book, Untamed. I think for women, all women, this is an important time. So when I am swirly in the night, I will just open that up and read a few of her essays. And they're all really pretty short. So 
you don't feel like you're having yeah. to drop something in the middle of a thought. Um, also, for those of those who are inclined towards more mystical practices, I'm really loving Richard Rohr's devotionals right now. And that's at his organization, CAC.org. Um, our church is doing Facebook lives on Saturday nights. So um, we we have our, our time at okay. 5 p.m. Mountain Time. So if you all want to just drop in our... Our music person, Heather Lynn, is remarkable, and she is really one of the things that's giving me life right now, and that she is, through her music, she is mm. um, nurturing us. So that, I think, is a wonderful thing. And then she also does weekly concerts oh, cool. on Wednesday nights. So anytime you can find one of these independent musicians doing Facebook Live concerts, seriously, like, they're really struggling um, because a lot of most yep. of them, all of them have lost gigs. So many of them have Patreon accounts or they'll have a tip jar on you can do Facebook. A tip jar? So you can just give them a little bit of money. Cool. Yeah, you can do a little virtual tip jar. Yeah, so I'm really trying to find yeah, little things I'll, like I that to make support. Sure to put everything um, in the notes so people can find everything. What about your blog? Yeah. I have a blog. It's, um, what is it? I haven't written in it in so long. JenniferJepson.org. It's J-E-P-S-E-N.org. Um, I haven't written in a while. I yeah. think now because I'm writing sermons, it's just like, there's just only so much creative energy. Um, but there's plenty there if you want to go back. And I have um, some things I've written since the election that I think are applicable for today. Yeah. Or, you know, generally they're probably all applicable for today. Um, yeah. So I have the blog and I think okay. that's it well, great. for me personally. It has been so yeah. nice to talk yeah, to thanks, you. Yeah, thanks, Angie. I love you. I think you're fantastic. Oh, and I um, I'll let you know when this <laughs> goes up. Um, I'm kind of, right now, I'm just compiling yeah. a lot of. I think I might have told you this yesterday. I interviewed my friend that's a therapist. Today I'm interviewing you. You're, mm -hmm. you know, you're the only pastor I think that I'm interviewing because I just and then oh good this afternoon I'm interviewing this woman in Portland that does um she's fat positive and she does a lot of body work and she does these cool Wonderful. mindful minutes. Her name's um, Anna Chapman and so I'm looking like oh. people that are holding that kind of holding that space for people right now I, I just I'm interested in how they're one like you surviving what they're doing and how mm -hmm. you know it's affecting their communities so when I put it out I'm going to listen to them all and edit but I'll um, kind of whatever seems the most pertinent at the time so I just I really Perfect. appreciate your time Thank you, Angie. This was a wonderful opportunity. Me and too. I'm so glad that we're and both. And I hope your day is great. <laughs> Thanks. I get to go <laughs> do hard things, which is oh, super. <laughs> yes. Life life is great that way. Okay, I will talk to you soon. Yeah. You too. Bye bye. Great. Thanks, Angie. Here 
here's some hot takes. Enjoy the hot takes, not the hot cakes, just the hot takes. So if you're a fiddler, try to tap tap your own leg or something, but not your phone. Okay. I moved to my bed because I was across the room at at my little corner desk. So I moved to my bed and I am just going to relax on my bed, which is the best place actually to write sermons. (laughs) Well, it's, it's a funny thing too, because, you know, in a studio, a good recording studio would have, you know, special sound buffers around the room. And so one of the things they even suggest is to be in your room under a blanket. Oh. To kind of give the, and now that you're on your bed, it's less um, tunnely. Oh, good. All right. Well, that's perfect then. Yeah. So it was meant to be. <laughs> Anytime you... I can do something good for the world from yeah. my bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other than make all my babies. <laughs> <laughs> and she went there. <laughs> Is this podcast one of those where we can? Oh, my God. Yes. I... Okay. Todd has said to me numerous times, you need to give people a heads up that you swear on it. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I was like, why? And then he goes, because people might be listening to it with their kids. And I was like, oh, that had not occurred to me. And uh, so sometimes I remind people, but I also feel like if people know me, mm-hmm. they know that that's, that's going to happen. Also, innuendos and you know, gross body talk or whatever you want okay. to call it is totally like I talk about menopause on here all the time because oh, good. nobody talks about it. Yep. So the, the running joke has been, I haven't been sleeping very well, but I wasn't sleeping very well before Corona. Precisely. And then I, so I've been doing acupuncture, but now I'm not going to go to acupuncture because of Corona. Yeah. And so I keep saying, is this menopause? Sucks. And, or is this Corona? And my friend the other day said, it's Corona pause. <laughs> there are so many ways you could take that. Because that's like the pause that we're all hitting right now. The incubation yeah. phase that we're entering. And this like wilderness we've all been thrown into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that can go so many different directions. 